What's up, world? It's your boy, Jesse Rich, with Jesse Rich Podcast. This one's going to be kind of just another go on to the story with Fish. Um, after this one, to carry on this series in this episode here, I mentioned a lot of spells and stuff like that in this episode here, and I'm going to try to create a little spreadsheet and just go over what each of those spells are. It'll probably be just a you know, a short bit that I do in between here while I get ready for the next one. So as I mentioned in the last session, I talked to you all about a session that we did in the library, and I'm kind of going to lead into that with some of the shenanigans that we got into, some other adventures, um, Fish revolting, um, not really revolting against, but how it seems like she did, and how she lost the trust in the crew, and lastly, the story I left you off with, with Opom. So first... Once becoming adventurers, we all had masters, and I mentioned that we all had our own like little teacher as we were becoming adventurers to get better with our abilities or random abilities that the DM approved of. Also, I don't know if I explained this before, but the DM stands for Dungeon Master, just in case anyone's confused on that. Like Snap, the Kinku, he got to make a bomb, and it worked like the fireball spell from his master that he was learning from. He later built this cannon that he was able to carry around that was able to do potentially 5d20s, which if he rolled on natural 20s, which is hard to do, but still that could be up to 100 damage. So he could only do it once for he only had one um, cannonball prepared at a time, but the DM wanted us to get extremely strong because he was leading the Conclave up to fight the Dragon Riders. So it really would have been just mainly... As for maybe some little NPCs that he had helping us fighting people on dragons. It would have been wild. Um, we didn't get that far in the story. And I will go over some of why. We kind of had our split stories. And it was it was a wild adventure. It was a lot of fun though. So Fish chose a master of all the four elements. Kind of like a like Avatar, The Last Ember uh, from Nickelodeon or whatever. She chose someone that was kind of like that who had master all of them um just a shout out to there i don't want to steal that from them uh because she was a water genasi she wanted to learn all the other elements it takes her back to her home state where you know i mentioned in i think the first episode or second one where uh they don't believe as much in a higher power but more the power of nature and she was kind of getting back to that uh even though she was a follower of umberly the goddess that you know spoke to her when she was a six-year-old child with the pirates she still wants to stick to her roots. Um, also, losing her parents and becoming an orphan, love makes a lot of decisions for her. So it takes her back to that childhood memory where, you know, she was studying back with the tribe and it was all about, you know, the power of nature, not just this god or deity. Well, when she got with this master, she went through a lot of trials and mastered the elements or at least was capable to, capable to master them to a certain degree. Of course, the DM had us have free time to study up on our abilities, and he had four main things that we could do. We could train, study with our master, study in the library, or do the missions for the Conclave. He would ask everyone during the campaign while we were playing during our downtime, what were we doing? And of course, the perfect match would have been 25% of each, you know, spending all of your time on all four tasks. But of course, like I mentioned before, Fish was kind of rebellious and always wanted to make herself strong. So to be honest, I never did the missions in the Conclave. And I was always focused on, you know, mastering my skills, 
studying with my master. Uh, I studied really close with my master later on. I kind of get into that in this episode. And, you know, just trying to build herself to be as strong or to make Umberly happy. Um, we would do sessions together uh, uh, or apart, depending on how we chose what we were doing. Um, Fish, a lot of the times, was alone because, again, she's studying by herself or with her master. But, of course, the little bit of time she did spend with the group, she was fixated on Opalm. Like I said, that was like her high school crush, essentially. She absolutely loved Opalm. And like I said in the last book, he went to pick up a, or last uh, episode, he went to pick up a book to flirt with Fish. And instead, he wrote a natural one and picked up a book on what not to say to women. It was silly dynamic, but of course, Fish fell in love with him. And no matter what he said, um, she loved him. He didn't know, or she didn't know he loved her back. And he didn't make the first move. He didn't know how, what yet, in her eyes, a man should have made the first move. So it was kind of fun to play that giddy girl that's all over him. He's playing kind of a dummy, doesn't understand, but he really likes her. But then he doesn't have the, um, I guess you could say, cojones to want to ask her out. Uh, let's see here. Fish, of course, only looked at books on fighting styles, spell castings. She was on the constant hunt for power. She wanted to impress warriors like Kiora, like she wanted to be in books, or she wanted to be seen as maybe a goddess like Umberly. Another story I remember was the night everything went down with Opalm. So one night when Opalm went to the waters himself, Fish did not go because he was always changing up when he went or where he went. She just got to go that one time with him. Uh, he went out to do this ritual like he did, but something went wrong. So this was kind of the cliffhanger I left y'all on. I'm going to go over that story. Um, this is the way Opalm gets his strength. But, of course, there is a wild magic sense to it, or wild magic, which I will go over that next episode, exactly what that is. Um, and the DM rolled the magic number that made everything go out of proportion. So normally the ritual would be... You know, feeling free, one with the ocean, one with the inhabitants, one with feeling nature. But for some reason, instead, there was a storm of brewing, and it was a rage frenzy instead of a peaceful, fluid motion. I later incorporated this in a fish story, and kind of incorporated in, in um, I'm sorry, incorporated it into her personality, saying that umberly did not like the fact that she was obsessed with opalm and maybe that's why the water started raging um that uh let's see here I, I lost my place i wrote a script today and uh i'm all over the place right now i did something that some of the other oh okay i did something that some of the others thought was awful but actually it wasn't and i'll explain it after i explain this incident of what i did and how it really tore me apart from the crew so instead of the peacefulness of the storm, instead of the peacefulness, the storm started to brew, and the creatures of the deep rised up and went completely out of control. The DM made a perception roll, and unfortunately, it was a good one. So normally, with it going calm, no one would have seen or pay attention with Opalm, especially since he had like a little hiding spot that he did this ritual. But since the roll was so good, the player agreed that he got busted, and the Conclave seen him interacting with the ocean while it went awry. Now, the Conclave sees this and sees a creature doing a ritual while it's happening. They think that it's attack, so they send out their navy to stop him and the creatures. 
Well, the creatures wanted to protect Opom, so they grabbed him, and he's now riding. I think they had stuff like mastodons or something. It was a it was a crazy thing. Um, he was in battle due to oh he was in battle by himself due to where all of us were at. So either we rolled a low roll or we didn't hear the commotion. So snap, I don't even think he rolled because he was out of town studying with his master. The other guy didn't notice. Um, I think he was in the library studying. Again, I don't remember his character at all, but he rolled very low, so he didn't notice the commotion. Fish was in the battle safety room, and it was soundproof, but of course an alarm went off. But Fish, in the middle, in the heat of training, I rolled to see how she would act, and again, it was a wild roll. So she just thought, you know, it was a basic little alarm going off that um, the guards were that they would be able to handle it, and it wasn't like she needed to be out there. Anyhow, the decisions that we made, the DM agreed, and none of us would help Opom in this big old fight that he was about to go to. So it's literally him versus Navy ships. Now, with the Creatures of the Deep and him taking on the Navy, he did take down two ships, and he crippled the Navy, but it wasn't enough. Opom was swimming with the fishes by the end of the battle. Uh, the battle was sad. Players, uh, player didn't want Opom to die, but wanted the DM to be fair. So the DM literally sent out only four ships with about 11 naval men to attack. And his creatures took down two of them, was fighting hard, but he got hit with enough to where after the battle, he died. Now, the Conclave did not see him as an enemy, so they literally labeled this to protect the people as an accident, and they built a shrine in Opom's name to make him look like a hero, where at the moment it was just a spot for where like a hero statue would go while people put flowers and mourned over Opom that later on they would want to build a statue in his name to make him look like a hero fighting off the creatures, not siding with them. Conclave did not think that he was the enemy, but they had to shut down what was going on, and he was in a trance. So they didn't want the people, especially us, the people that were in his den, think that he was this person that went crazy and attacked the Conclave. Fish comes from her training to hear the news before bed. She's ready to go to sleep, and she loses it. She starts screaming and shouting for the pain of the loss of her love. She slams her fist into the shrine and starts bawling her eyes out. Now, in most cases, when someone has someone else die that they were close to, you'd think they would close themselves off, but she instantly instead freaks out. She wants to run to his room. She wants to clean up his stuff. And the way I pictured it was, at this point, she's, what, about 14 years old, I think. I think it was a couple years later. I'm thinking of a teenage girl losing her love, but wanting to still be in his presence. So even though she's going in his room to clean his stuff up, she's curling up on his bed, crying, holding on to his stuff, getting real close to to trying to accept the loss of Opalm. Uh, I imagine her like at one point crawling into his bed, curling up with his covers, taking a big whiff, and just bawling her eyes out like she loved him. As she is going through and cleaning up her, his stuff and in an upset roar, she hears a knock on 
Opalm's personal bathroom door. She goes to open it, and Opalm had a pet tortoise. Now, I forgot what the guy named the tortoise, but he did have his own little um, beast companion. The, comp the conspiracy started since Fish had already was already the odd one out, and no one in the group liked her because she has been snappy to them or rude to them. I mean, she only considered Opalm as someone as she was close to, and now she had no one in the group. She's all by herself. Um, she was always training and never helping with the mission, so the group also did not think that she wanted to be a part of the crew. And then last but not least, they've kept a close eye on her because, of course, she did do a lot of with the magic and did a lot with the goddess Umberly, or in a sense, um, only Opom knew that she was a follower of Umberly, but the other ones knew that she might follow a dark deity. So they believed that she had dark magic and they keep a close eye on her. Everyone in the group knew about the pet tortoise, but Fish. Uh, Fish had never seen the tortoise. Uh, when she set out to clean Opalm's stuff, she was thinking of Umberly that might have done this in spite of her love for Opalm. And after meeting the tortoise, she was thinking maybe, might not be just a love, maybe Umberly is upset because he kept this beautiful tortoise in captivity wrongfully. So the tortoise goes missing. The group knowing I look out for myself and possibly in the dark magic, they think that I might have killed the uh, tortoise for a ritual and think that I might have bathed in the tortoise's blood to help myself in some sick way. So me and the DM, we approved that we kind of push this a little bit farther, let their imagination grow. And one of the fellow group members found a sacrifice book, read up on it, how you, um, fish could get benefits by sacrificing what the innocent. That was really fun because I kind of want to see what the group would do with that. The truth is, Fish let the little guy go into the ocean. Um, so he could be one with Opalm if he came back as an ocean dweller, if that's possible or whatever. You know, Fish being a part of nature in her clan or believing in nature, not just the deity, she doesn't really know what happens after death. Um, but also, she does not believe in hurting the innocent. I mean, you gotta think. She was six years old, so she was considered innocent, and she accidentally killed her parents, which they were innocent. So I kept this going with the group to make her a mysterious character, but I did not know that it wouldn't go on good later, and we'll get into that. The player of Opom, one of my friends, he created a new character so that he could play and later join our group. Uh, it was a war forge that didn't understand magic. He kind of just understood the melees and fighting styles of just person to person. I forgot what his name was. Uh, I might look it up later so I can bring him up again because uh, I should have his information. Because I think for a while there, Fish kind of talked to him here and there. But again, she wasn't close to no one. Opom was her only one she got close to. Let's see here. Uh... Um, let's see here. I, I lost my place again. I'm so sorry for that name, but unfortunately, um, does. Oh, yeah. So that was another thing. I did forget his name, but he does something extremely crazy since he doesn't understand the magic. And I cannot wait to bring that up. It's one of the climaxes in uh, Fish's story. Now, what he does do, it was really fun for me to role play. So I'll probably do a whole session on what that was about. That was really crazy. But on the story session, 
I want to go over is the power fish getting from her master. So um, we'll get into that part, and we'll also get into her new love interest and how the, th how the group thought that she was portraying them. That's going to be in that next episode where I just keep getting further and further away. Me and the DM wanted to create an interesting story with a break in the group but not break the group up. And it kind of didn't work with everyone's morals, so it was it was wild, um, especially with the new Warforge. He didn't know exactly what was going on, and it just went it went awry fast. Um, so Fish gets really close to her master after Opom's death and still doesn't do missions and even strays further from the group. But she falls in love with her master, Kiania, who reciprocates the feelings, and even though she is not allowed to be close with a student, does so with Fish and Romantic Gesture. We get to get into that as well. How they got super close when they weren't supposed to. But in her training, she wanted to learn the other element powers. And the way you can do that, or the way I explained it in my story, we kind of nerfed it a little bit um, for the original story because of possible death or whatever. But this is how I imagine her training herself for all the elements. So, of course, I'm talking about the basic elements of fire, earth, water, and air. First off, I approved everything that I got from the DM before I said anything. And then I created this whole story of how I did it. And he said some of it's a little bit out of control, but other than that, we can kind of do something like that. So what I did was I kept, I'm telling you my side of the story where he kind of nerfed it a little bit, which makes sense. It's his story. It's not mine. So I can't just sit there and be like, hey, I did this. And he'd be like... No. So, from Earth, I had to sleep underground for 24 hours, and I learned mage armor. But of course, mage armor is just an invisible armor that covers a mage in battle. Um, I get the ability from mage armor, but instead, this one kind of had a sand feel to it. I kind of imagine like um, Gara from Naruto where he has the gourd full of sand and the sand's protecting him when he fights Rock Lee. I imagine kind of like my skin getting covered in that type of sand or type of dirt type thing to help protect in battle. Um, then for fire, Fish had to bathe in a mountain of lava. Um, that was the one that he kind of nerfed a little bit. He was like uh, more like you know, surviving a burning at the stake or something, something like that to not literally put her in lava. But I thought it'd be really cool to imagine this fire genasi steam flying off of her body and she's trying to lay there in this lava just to get better at learning the fire element. So I mentioned firebolt earlier. Instead, this helped her learn fireball. Um, I will, again, read all of these to... Um, give you all an explanation of what each one of them all is. With water, it was kind of easy for her to just um, be adept with water because she's a water genasi. So I kind of just imagine her like, you know, swimming in the ocean, but like surfing on the waves with no board, you know, trying to really focus her energy. And pretty much what we did was we, the nerf version of the firebolt I mentioned earlier, it's kind of just a water whip now. Uh, that's a spell again. I'll go over all these. And air stay with air. The way she became adept to air was staying in the mountains and connecting with the breeze and trying to flow upward with the air. So 
the way I imagine this is she's standing there on the side of the mountain and she has to climb this mountain, but instead of climbing it, she's trying to push off the air that is coming up from the mountain to lift herself without actually lifting herself. So instead of just jumping up the mountain, she has to float up the mountain. What he gave me with this one is kind of like, again, another shout out to Nickelodeon's um, avatar was he let me conjure a ball of wind that I could ride on. Um, mainly, I would have to do a lot of focus on this spell, so it wasn't overpowered. So like in the middle of battle, I'm not just doing it unless it helps me to invade or evade a battle. Like um, jump out of uh, someone's range of motion without getting hit. But other than that, it was mainly just this little spherical ball that I could ride that would be equivalent to me, instead of buying a horse, be able to ride this ball and focus on it and keep going. So he only gave it a travel speed of 40 feet, and it didn't have no damage ability. It was just more of like a uh, support spell. And I think I could only use it twice between each long rest or something. So we, we broke it all the way down to making it a completely home-brewed spell that worked where it wasn't too overpowered. Lastly, since she was able to combine now her ability with fire and water, she did learn a type of spell. I believe the spell is called something like Smoke Bomb. I'll have to look it up when I go over the, expl uh, the ex explanation episode. But it looks to her, since it's a, a thick water with the fire, it looks more like a vape cloud. And she's able to just like create this cloud to distract people from attacking her. So, like I said, the next one's going to be called Fish Story Knowledge. It's going to be a breakdown of all those abilities I mentioned. It's probably going to be just a couple minutes, just me literally reading from the D&D book to tell you all what these spells do. Um, and then it's say how they're different from what I got. Um, and then where we're going to touch off of next episode will be, again, how she gets close with Kianana how I separate from the group, um, the big climax that started this whole thing, and how Fish almost gets kicked out completely, and then how her crew goes against her, and then the final episode will be the conclusion of everything of Fish. And again, she was my favorite character to play. I absolutely loved her. She was great. She has this great story. kind of want to elaborate a little bit more into detail later on. I'm kind of like speeding it up so I can do more podcasts and get more listeners, but, you know, I definitely would like to write a whole story on just her and all of her experiences wrapped all the way around, maybe flavor text some stuff and make it actually a story. Once again, like always, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends and your family. Also, don't forget to check out my mixer or my stream. That is at mixer.com forward slash capital G H E capital Z capital R I C H. And once again, I love you guys. Later.